for Christian Cargai Theater. With today's episode, Pride Takes a Ride. This afternoon, Jimmy and Allie are heading over to the church in Jimmy's Jeep. They're helping plan the big annual Spring Has Sprung Parade, and Allie has a special role to play. I hope this meeting doesn't take too long. I need to do some shoe shopping. What for? The ones you have on look just fine. To go with my dress for the big parade, silly. They have to match perfectly. Don't you know anything? I guess not. At least about dresses and stuff. Oh look, there's Pastor Jack and Miss Annie and Grandma. And here's the Sheriff and Eustace too. Hi, everybody. Ah, here's Jimmy with our Princess for the Garden of Hope float. Welcome. Allie, I think it's wonderful you were elected to be the princess. There were some other really pretty girls who wanted that title. It's quite an honor. It sure is, but I just knew I would get it. In fact, I knew the exact dress I wanted to wear. I got it a month ago. It's awesome. (laughs) Talk about counting your chickens before they hatch pretty sure of yourself, Allie. Oh, Jimmy, I suppose I could act like all humble, but I know that I'm pretty. I mean, I have a mirror at home, you know, and well, I know a lot of boys who appreciate that about me. Oh yeah? Like Steven, right? Not just Steven, a lot of other guys too. In fact, when I was at the coffee shop the other day, a total stranger came up to me and told me that he was shocked that such a beautiful girl could be found in such a small town. He even gave me his card. He said if I was ever in LA, he could find me work through his agency. The Fair Vanity Agency or something like that. Allie, you should be careful about guys like that. Oh, don't be silly. He's a respectable man, I could tell. He was very well dressed and had a great haircut. He works for all of the top fashion magazines. And he said, I have loads of talent. You're just being too overprotective. I can take care of myself. I don't know, Allie. I'm inclined to agree with Jimmy. You don't know this person at all. You might need to want to go talk to your mom and daddy about it and get their permission. Meanwhile, at Jimmy's Jeep, the Under the Hood gang has heard the whole conversation. Sacre bleu! And I thought I was egotistical. Hearing Ali speak of herself is making me les miserables. Am I right, Gracie Gastink? Self-serve, Frenchy Fender. That little gal has had one too many clicks on the ego pump. Her tank sounds me-deep to me. Mosey Motorola, does that sound refined to you? Gracie, yeah, that agency dude sounds stranger than friction. And I know friction. I, I am Mosey Motor Oil, after all. Smoother than Teflon usually means nothing to hold on to, if you know what I mean. Hey, Wally Windshield Wiper, I bet you can see right through all this. Yes, sir, Mosey. Listening to that girl talk about herself gives me the same feeling as the glass blower that inhaled. He got a pain in his stomach. <laughs> I know how that goes, Wally. Sometimes I make a case for myself and think, Kramer Crankshaft, how can you put a special self-spin on your bearing? And it's just about then when I'm busting with pride that my metal case breaks down and the spin makes me so dizzy, I just, I'm just spinning our wheels going nowhere. Hey, I think it's great. That doll has moxie. Self-respect and Guido Gasket knows self-respect. Who do you think seals this joint? Oh, Guido, you gaskets always go right over my head. You're so high on yourselves. Yeah, yeah, Tammy, your tension is always a tight race. A good belt now and then would do you some good. Come on over to my place sometime and I'll help you out. Oh, Guido. Meanwhile in the church, the Spring of Sprung Parade meeting has begun to wrap up as everybody is made aware of their assigned tasks at the event. Allie, have you as the head princess got your court all lined up? Yes, I do. Of course, some of them, well, make that all of them, are kind of jealous, but I can handle that. Hmm, well, okay then. I I told you this would be a short meeting, so 
Why don't we close in prayer? Oh, excuse me, Pastor Jack. Jimmy, I need to get going. Take me to the coffee shop now. Oh, Allie, honey, Pastor Jack will just do a quick prayer. It's not like he's going to preach a sermon. Come on, hold your horses, Allie. I'll take you right after Pastor prays. I'm sorry, everybody, but I just, like, don't believe what you guys believe. Well, Allie, what do you believe? Well, I'm spiritual and all, but it's like... You know, I mean, I believe Jesus was a good man and everything, but there are many ways to heaven, lots of them. That's what most of my friends believe. I'm open to new ideas about God, but not old churchy traditions and Bible stuff. Allie, thank you for being honest with us. That takes courage. That's right, Allie. It does take courage to let us know what you really believe. I'm sorry, but I just, I really have to go. Allie, wait. You know, that was pretty rude back there. Just stop preaching at me, okay? You know what? I'm done. It's obvious that you were just too immature. But, but Allie... D-O-N-E. Done. Jimmy walks back towards his Jeep absolutely brokenhearted. The Under the Hood gang are concerned. Oh, Monsieur Jimmy, is this Allie? She is not ready for a relationship. Is that not right, Kramer Crankshaft? Yep, Frenchy Fender. In my world, things blow up in circular arguments. Allie can't get her bearings with no truth to hold on to. Oh, Jimmy, you foolish boy. Hey, Jimmy, that's the way it is with these dolls. Especially them Russian nesting ones. As Jimmy heads off, Allie heads into the strip mall to look for those shoes. When who should she run into but that photographer from the fair vanity agency she told Jimmy about. Well, hello again. Remember me? I gave you my card the other day. Yeah, I remember. And your name is Brad, right? Ooh, good memory. And I'm sorry, but I'm afraid I forgot your name. That's not good when I forget the name of a pretty girl like you. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. It's Allie. That's right. Allie. It looks like fate that I keep running into you. And just to let you know, I did get that project lined up here for the next week or two. Oh no! Look at that clock up there. I'm late for an appointment. Sorry to run, Allie, but I have a feeling I'll be seeing you around. Um, okay. Good to see you again. See, he's a perfect gentleman. Jimmy was wrong. I know a good guy when I see one. Meanwhile, Jimmy is driving along talking to himself. Why does this hurt like this? I mean, I don't love this girl, do I? It's bad enough she's dumping me, but that photographer dude sounds really scary. Maybe I'll go by and see the sheriff about this guy. At least doing that might be constructive. I just don't get it. I know Allie's got her pride side, but I thought for sure she would see Jesus in Pastor Jack, or in Nahum, or even in me, and fall in love with Jesus like I did. Jimmy pulls up to the sheriff's office and walks in. Both the sheriff and Deputy Eustace are behind their desks. Jimmy, you look like someone just killed your dog, boy. What happened? Yeah, that's just how I feel, Sheriff. Allie just dumped me for, of all things, preaching to her. And Sheriff, if that's not bad enough, she told me that a guy from some crazy fair vanity photography modeling agency saw her in the coffee shop the other day, and he offered to take some pictures for a magazine. If she's ever in LA, I mean, come on, seriously? Sounds pretty creepy if you ask me. Do you guys know anything about a stranger like that? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact... Oh, the old photo shoot caper, huh? Well, you know, I thought I smelled a rat the other day when we met that young fellow. Uh, Eustace, weren't you supposed to be taking those wanted posters over to the post office? Why don't you run on over there and let me speak to young Jimmy here? You know how Postmaster Snyder gets to fretting when you don't keep those things up to date. What do you mean? Oh, but Sheriff, you want me to go over there just when something really juicy comes in? This is what I've been waiting for. This is really some real police work. Oh, come on, Sheriff. Doggone it. Can't those posters just wait? Now, Eustace, we want to keep the Postmaster happy. And this isn't really that big a deal. It's just a stranger in town. It's not like it's a crime scene or anything. You better get going, Eustace. You know the postmaster be calling any minute. Go on now. It won't take you that long. Phew, boy. Doggone postmaster Schneider. I, I can hear him now. 
Deputy Eustace, it's our federal responsibility to have those posters updated every time a suspect is apprehended. Lives are at stake, Deputy. Oh, brother. Jimmy, boy, you shouldn't ought to dangle that kind of carrot in front of Eustace. Believe me, he'd have us on shutdown. Eustace would be contacting the governor for National Guard backup in a Beaver County minute. <laughs> yes, Sheriff, sorry. You are right about that. So let's go back to Allie and the photographer. I have noticed a California plate on a late model Mustang at both the coffee shop and the strip mall. Today, as a matter of fact, I ran the license plate just to make sure. Strange, though. It's a rental car with Enterprise. So I thought to myself, why would an L.A. photographer rent a car to come to Beaver County? That's good work, Jimmy. I'm really glad you told me about this. Thanks, Sheriff. So, Allie broke up with you. It looks like this is really a tough blow, Jimmy. Anything you want to talk about? It's kind of like somebody punching you in the stomach and you can't punch him back, right? That's a good way to put it, Sheriff. It really is hard to figure out. I mean, I, I just thought nothing could be better than to share my faith with her. And now look what that's gotten me. Believe me. I've walked in those shoes a time or two myself, trying my best to help someone I really care about with the most important thing I could share with them. And yet, they not only rejected Christ, but they rejected me along with him. Look, Jimmy, I, I know it's painful, and what I'm going to advise sounds like the last thing you want to do right now. But son, if you ever needed Jesus' help, this is where Jesus really shines. This is where he is really visible. It's kind of his thing to touch hearts. And this is a heart issue. You need to ask for his help and get quiet and just listen for your next step. I promise Jesus has one for you. Just don't get it. I totally understand where you're coming from, Jimmy. I lost a job one time, a really good job I'd worked for all my life. And the last thing I wanted right then was to pray. But you know, a dear friend told me that I just needed to get quiet and listen. I said to my friend, Quiet? <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimmy, there were voices screaming to me to get even. It was going to be my turn to go all the way to the governor. But you know what? By God's grace, I got quiet before the Lord, and Jesus told me that he had a new place where he needed me to be. Yep, it was right here. Beaver County, USA. This is where I met my wife, and it was here where I adopted her seven-year-old son who lost his daddy in a car accident. Huh. I can't imagine my life without Susie and Billy. And as a side note, Jimmy, two years later, the boss I was sharing Jesus with called me out of the blue to let me know he had accepted our Savior. And he told me he wished he would have listened to me years ago. That was the best advice I was ever given, Jimmy, other than meeting Jesus. So, go get quiet and listen. I think I will go and do just that, Sheriff. Thank you. You bet, Jimmy. What do you say we start you out right here? Jesus, Jimmy and I need to come to you now. And I... Know that whenever two or more are gathered in your name. Jimmy jumps into his Jeep and heads towards the mountain to pray. The gang under the hood is certainly all shook up as well. Frenchy Fender kicks it off. Oh, mon ami! Quel dommage! Monsieur Jimmy's heart is shattered. He is blue as in a petty racing team, Fender. Oh, Gracie Gas Tank. What do we do with this one? This one needs more octane than I got, thank you very much. Prayer is exactly what he needs, and we can pray with him. I think he's headed to his prayer spot on the mountain. I saw that one coming, and they don't call me Wally Windshield Washer for nothing. But seeing isn't what Jimmy needs right now, it's hearing. I'm praying God will tell him something to help his heart. This here reminds me of Winona. She was only a whiskey maker, but I loved her still. Oh, brother. Oh, hey, how crude, Guido. 
Yeah. Hey, this is four-stroke humor. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> Guido Gasket and Mosey Motorola's humor, as usual, has caused Hammy Tensioner's wrath. Oh, Guido, just for once, could you be serious? Jimmy's really hurting here. Ah, oh, Tammy, don't be so high-strung. High-strung? Ha! I'll give you high-strung. Ernest and Julio, the gallows for you, Guido. Allie is walking out of the mall, admiring her new shoe purchase, talking to herself. She doesn't notice that Miss Annie, Pastor Jack's secretary, is headed her way. Just wait till Jimmy sees me in these. He's gonna love them. Oh, I forgot about Jimmy. Yeah, that probably isn't happening. I broke up with Jimmy. Oh, what was I thinking? Jimmy was the only person I've ever known who seemed to really care about me, not just what I could do for him. Well, hello there, Allie. If it isn't our Garden of Hope princess right here in the flesh. I am so looking forward to the parade, Allie, dear. I wish I was. Oh, Allie, is there something wrong? Oh, no, I'm sure it'll be fun. Well, I'm no mind reader, Allie, but it sounds to me like you need someone to talk to. What do you say I buy you an ice cream over at Pop's Malt Shop? My treat. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Moments later, Allie and Miss Annie are seated with their ice cream. Allie, a couple of hours ago, you seemed so excited about the parade. What's happened since then, sweetie? Well, you remember that little comment I made about the prayer? Jimmy got on his pulpit and started preaching at me. I just couldn't take it anymore. So I told him I was done. Oh, I see. So you are done with Jimmy? That's the confusing part. Jimmy, well, like, there's something about him. Something real. He really cares about me, down deep, like no one I've ever met. Yet he seems to want to turn me into the church lady or something, and I'm sure not going for that. Oh, right. I remember the church lady. Do you think I'm one of those, Allie? Oh, no, not you, Miss Annie. You're, like, sweet and not judgmental and fake, like some of those Christians on TV going on and on about the gender issue and bathrooms and stuff. Those people freak me out. Because you disagree with them, right? Absolutely. Allie, uh, do you have friends that you disagree with? Like, all the time. Does that mean you don't care about each other? Just because you don't agree about certain things? Well, of course we still care about each other. Well, just because we disagree with people doesn't mean we hate them. Like Jimmy. Allie, you know Jimmy cares about you enough to tell you what he feels is true and will help you. Even, even when he knows it might upset you. I guess. Oh, this is such a complex time we live in, sweetie. You know, God loves us so much. He tries to warn us for our own good. Allie, you remember the conversation we had a few months ago when you told me you struggled with God having to kill his own son? And the struggle you had with Jimmy when you put sugar in his gas tank? I told you then that when I was your age, I struggled with the same thing, and someday you may be ready to hear my story. Is today that day, Allie? Ah, sure. Yes, I would like to hear that. Meanwhile, Deputy Eustace is on his way back from hanging those posters at the post office when he spots that mysterious photographer Jimmy was talking about. The photographer Brad was just getting into that Mustang, and Eustace approached him. Oh, excuse me there, young fella. I, I noticed you're from out of town. I just what exactly brings you to Beaver County? Well, officer, I'm a photographer for the Fair Vanity Agency in L.A., and I'm here doing a mountain layout for a hotel chain that's looking to possibly build here. Officer, did you know you have a real authoritative appearance? You may be perfect for a shoot I'm doing in Law & Orderly magazine. What do you say? Maybe when I get set up for my shoot, you can come over. You got a card, uh, 
Officer, uh... Oh, hey, uh, Eustace, uh, Deputy Eustace, that is. Well, uh, well, I, I, I have been told I, I am the picture of law and order. <laughs> uh, why, sure, if it, if it would help you out, I, I could, probably. Uh, oh, here's my card. Uh, oh, and call me when you need me. I, I'll come running. Sirens are blaring, if you like. <laughs> uh, no, no, that won't be necessary, Deputy. But it may be a day or two before I call you. <laughs> yeah, hey, 10-4. Roger that, young fella. I'll see you around. Deputy Eustace walks off muttering to himself. <laughs> yep, that's what I always say. A prophet is just not a prophet in his own hometown. <laughs> Takes an out-of-towner to spot a real lawman. <laughs> Over at Pop's malt shop, it looks like Miss Annie has the green light to share with Allie. Allie? When I was in high school, <laughs> there, was, there was a group called Jesus Freaks. <laughs> they always preached that they were holier than the rest of us. But I knew a couple of them pretty well. And let's just say they weren't exactly angels themselves. <laughs> so in a way, well, I just figured all Christians were like that. And besides, as you said, this idea that God would have to kill his own son was repulsive to me, too. I get that. But then I met Pastor Jack. Only he was just plain Jack Tribby back then. And he was completely different than anyone I'd ever met. You see, Allie, back then... <laughs> oh... Everyone called me Fatty Four Eyes. <laughs> and for that reason, nobody who was anybody would talk to me. But you know, Jack was always glad to see me. And not only did he talk to me, he always felt, made me feel like I was his favorite. But then I realized that almost anyone who spoke with him felt that way. There was just something special about Jack. Later on, I found out what that was. You know what it is, Allie? Not exactly, but I do know what it feels like. It feels like, well, like Jimmy. Everyone feels good around Jimmy. And I really was his favorite. I mean, I was. But I can't believe they called you Fatty Four Eyes in school. You're beautiful and thin. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Allie. But yes, Fatty Four Eyes. <laughs> and the worst part was, I began to believe that about myself. But Jack helped me to change because he saw something in me that no one else did. Not even me. And you know, there is a key to life here, Allie. An important trait that God wants to give us. And that trait in a person is called... Well, to use a Bible term, it's called grace. Jack and Jimmy both have grace. The bigger question is why? <laughs> How can they see the good in us when we can't even see it in ourselves? <laughs> now that's something worth pondering, don't you think so, Allie? Yes, it is, Miss Annie. Yes, it is. Oh, I uh, need to go. My dad told me to be home by five and it's quarter till. Sorry to run off, Miss Annie. Thank you for the ice cream and for your uh, wisdom. You know, Miss Annie, I believe you have that trait too. Grace, hmm. I'm going to ponder that, Miss Annie, I promise. Bye, thanks again. Let's look in on Allie sitting down to supper with her grandparents. Her parents were killed by a drunk driver when Allie was only 10. And her good-hearted grandparents, Bob and Bonnie Perkins, have raised her. Grandpa, what do you think about the word grace? Grace? Yes, Bob. Remember, we used to say that before we would eat. No, Grandma, not that. Yuck. I mean, like a person who is, like, full of grace. Someone who treats you and everybody else like, well, like you are favored or their favorite. Grace. Well, that's an interesting thought, Allie, honey. What brought this on? Well, I was just talking with Miss Annie about that word. <laughs> oh, yes. Miss Annie. She's good for making you think. So what do you say about grace, Bob? Well now, Allie, uh, that is a deep question. I believe I'd never really considered it before. Let's see, uh, 
I do remember someone who had that quality. Actually, it was your great-grandfather, Perkins. Oh, you're so right, Bob. He was one of the dearest men I've ever met. Yes, he was. Do you remember, Bonnie, how he used to take us up to Beaver Creek? And we'd go intertubing every year, even if the water was freezing cold. But Grandpa Perkins made it warm with laughter. He sure did. I never laughed so hard in all my life. (laughs) And remember at the cookout after we were all sitting around the campfire roasting marshmallows? You better have your tail ready or Grandpa Perkins would pull it out of you. Your tail? Oh, yes. Grandpa assigned a family member's name on the 1st of June every year. Then at the 4th of July cookout, you uh, told your tale of something that person did that you admired. And naturally, if Grandpa Perkins knew about any conflict between you and someone in the family, you could pretty much count on that person's name coming your way on the 1st of June. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me one of those tales. Yes, Bob. Tell her the one where your brother Don had sold your golf clubs behind your back because he needed the money for rent. Remember, you found out and then got his name from Grandpa. I'll tell you, the entire family knew this one was coming. Oh, yes. It was unforgettable. I hadn't played golf since I left home a few years before, and my brother Don thought I would never miss them. But Don and I were to play at the Beaver County Hospice Charity Golf Tournament in honor of our mom, who had just died of cancer. Don knew I would come looking for those golf clubs, and he had sold not only my clubs, but his own as well. He ended up running bags for both of us, uh, but I was still fuming mad. I tell you, Allie, Grandpa Perkins' plan paid off for me that year. I respected Grandpa enough that I knew I had to say something I admired about your Uncle Don. But uh, try as I would, I couldn't think of a thing. (laughs) I ended up going to Grandpa for help. I'll tell you, Allie, when Grandpa prayed a prayer for me that day, I would swear that God himself showed me my brother in a whole new light, literally. All at once, I could understand how brokenhearted he was over Mom's death. You see, Allie, our mom had given Don a special lamp that had crystals all around the shade. Those crystals were Pollyanna rainbow makers that she and Don would play with for hours. Don took every one of those crystals and had Mom's favorite saying engraved on the back and mailed one to each of us. Oh, that's the story behind the crystal in the window, isn't it? Your mother's favorite saying was, to love another person is to see the face of God? Wow, this grace thing really brings out some good stuff. (laughs) It sure does. That changed my relationship with my brother forever. And for the good, believe me. I'll say, Allie, your great-grandpa Perkins had that quality. Lots of grace. That's for sure. Well, that's my real question. Why did he have grace? Allie, I, I think it was because he knew God. Lots of folks act like they're all spiritual, but Grandpa Perkins, well, like my mom said, when you looked into his face, you saw God. He knew the Bible inside and out, but he didn't hit you over the head with it. We had a sense that he was praying for us, all of us, all the time. But when you were with him, you felt like the apple of his eye, like you had his full attention and admiration He might correct you, but he had a way of doing it that made you feel better, not worse. Yes, Allie, I would agree. Your Grandpa Perkins had grace, and we somehow knew it was his relationship with God. Which makes me think, Bob, maybe we should say grace even though we've already eaten, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all, Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, since three that afternoon, Jimmy and the Under the Hood gang had been praying down at Beaver Creek. Jimmy was brokenhearted over Allie's decision to break up when he attempted to share Jesus with her. So he kind of had no one else to turn to but Jesus. He took the sheriff's advice to go somewhere quiet and asked Jesus to show him what to do. Jimmy fervently prays and tries his best to listen for God's instructions to him. Oh, Lord Jesus, I think I just have to trust you in this even if I'm not getting a clear answer right now. And that's all right. I feel your peace. Even if I don't know what to do next. I think you're telling me that something's coming down that's even better than I was hoping. Is that right, Lord? Oh, Jesus. Jesus, it's not what I hoped for. It's something much better. That's what you're saying to me. As Jimmy is praying, he sees something tumbling down the stream in Beaver Creek. Hmm. Hmm. What's that in the water? Wow. Sparkles like a diamond. 
No, it's a crystal. But it has something engraved on it. Hmm. It says, To love another person is to see the face of God. And look, it's making a rainbow. Lord, are you trying to tell me something? Jimmy's Jeep is close enough where the whole gang under the hood sees the rainbow. Wally Windshield Wiper is astonished. Ha ha! I'd say Jimmy has passed this prayer test with flying colors. Gracie Gastank, do you see that rainbow? Yes, that prayer sure was enlightening. Jimmy sounds like he's had some kind of breakthrough. Y'all, I can't remember a time of more fervent prayer. I hope y'all feel as good as I do. Sort of like I had a fill up. I think God is using this pressure on Jimmy to make diamonds out of dust. Tell me, Tensioner, how did it go with you? Well, I can tell you, Gracie Gas Tank, that I have been stretched to the max tension-wise. And yet I feel so much less tense about everything now. You know, it's like we've been through a workout with God. And he only stretches us so, so we can start to understand his ways. Just like the rainbow, the light comes through all this stretching. You know, the more I prayed for breakthrough with Allie, the more God changed my heart. I mean, like there's no more tension at all between Allie and me. Now it's just love. Mosey motor oil. You and Jimmy are thick. What did those prayers do for you? Ooh, anointed to the max. Mm-hmm, really. Like, God is in this. You know what I'm saying? The S-A-E standard, like all good oils, to be exact. I'm talking about Society of Auto Emmanuels. That means God with us. And God is most indubitably with us. Even right here, under the hood with us. I know it. I can feel it. I can feel the fresh oil of the Spirit right here, right now. Ah. That night, over at Pop's Malt Shop, the photographer Brad is talking on his phone. Yes, yes, I have the perfect girl lined up. She's pretty and really naive, and she doesn't suspect a thing. You were right. Small towns are the best place for this. She's worth every penny you're paying, you'll see. No, I don't care that she's seen my face. Where you're taking her, there'll be nothing she can do. And nobody to report to. <laughs> Back in town, Allie is headed off from dinner to her room to call Jimmy. Hello, Allie. Jimmy, I believe I made a terrible mistake. Would you consider meeting me at Pop's Malt Shop? Like, tonight? Now Jimmy is climbing into his Jeep, headed to Pop's Malt Shop to meet Allie. Wow, this crystal sure does feel like it fits into these prayers for Allie. I'll just hang it here on my rearview mirror. I sure do love what it says. To love another person is to see the face of God. I'd better hurry. Allie could be at Pop's malt shop already. Jimmy comes down from the mountain quick as you know it and walks in to meet Allie. Brad the photographer has followed Allie to Pop's malt shop as well. Brad notices Jimmy's Jeep and makes a call. Hey, I've just found the perfect getaway car. No, don't worry about that sheriff and his deputy. I'll have them on a wild goose chase. I'll be long gone by the time he gets back. Okay, see you soon. Just be sure to bring the money. Brad doesn't realize that he's been overheard by the car parts under the hood of Jimmy's Jeep. Frenchy Fender speaks up. Oh, mon dieu! This is terrible. Did you hear what this man is saying? This nefarious, offending my Fender fellow is up to no good. This is formidable. Quel dommage. Did you hear that, Gracie Gastic? I sure did. That Brad fella has me fuming. But it sounds like he's fixing to kidnap Allie. Mosey Motoron, what can we do? Hmm, I don't know. Um, let me, okay, let me think. I'm thinking. Okay, I'm thinking here. Uh, maybe I can come up with a way to grease the skids. I think my tank is a little low because nothing is coming to me. But this dude is scary. He is slick, and I mean really slick. And I know slick because I am Mosey Motor Oil after all. Tammy Tensioner is upset. Oh, this is awful. Poor Ellie. 
We have got to warn Jimmy, but how? Oh, I feel so helpless. I feel like I'm being stretched to the max. We gotta do something, Carpots. We gotta figure this out. Wally windshield wiper pipes up. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking about taking a drink of that washing solution. I was addicted for years, but I'm clean now. <laughs> Get it? Clean? <laughs> we gotta take courage under the hood, gang. We gotta go to the only one who can help us. You got it, Wally. How quickly we forget that we need to go to the owner's manual and talk to the great creator in the sky who has all the answers. Wally has it right. Remember that the good book tells us to be strong and take courage. So buck up, gang. Let's do what we should have done in the first place. Let's pray. All the car parts begin praying. Meanwhile, Brad, the photographer, is making another call, this time to Deputy Eustace. Deputy! I hope you and the sheriff can make your way out to Beaver Creek Bridge out on Highway 16. The lighting will be perfect in about half an hour to get the photos. I need both of you guys and that patrol car of yours backlit against the bridge. Can you make it? Good, good, deputy. I knew I could count on you. Meanwhile, unaware of the danger outside, inside the malt shop, Jimmy and Allie have almost made up. And all this understanding of grace made me realize that instead of being mad about what you're trying to tell me, I should be glad, because it means you care. I do care, Allie, but it's not really about me. It's about how much God loves you and what Jesus did on the cross for you. I think I'm starting to understand. Uh, Allie, this is a little embarrassing, but I just finished a big gulp up on the mountain, and after this uh, large coffee, that is, uh... <laughs> go on. Go to the restroom. We can finish this talk when you get back. Over at the sheriff's office, Deputy Eustace is trying to convince the sheriff to head out to Beaver Creek Bridge on Highway 16. Oh, come on, Sheriff. You know we need this exposure. It could mean the whole state would finally take notice of the Beaver County Sheriff's Office. Eustace, this is a diversion. I have a gut feeling that this guy's trying to lead us out on a wild goose chase. I smell a rat. The question is why. Eustace, where is he really right now? Did you hear anything in the background during the call? Thank you, Eustace. Can you remember anything? Well, doggone it. Good buddy, now, now wait, hold on a second. How can I think when, when you're blowing your chance for fame and recognition? Eustace, someone's life could be at stake here. I need you to think. Now, what did you hear besides this photographer's voice? Oh, 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 oh okay, hang on, Sheriff. Now, uh, simmer down. Now, let's see. Let me think. Uh, uh, I heard some... I heard some cars, that's right, yeah. It sounded like they were uh, parking, the yeah. doors were closing, stuff like that. Oh, oh, I don't know, it could have been anywhere. No, not just anywhere. There aren't that many places open this time of night. Let's see, there's a 7-Eleven, motel he's staying at, the mall is closed, Pop's Mall Shop. Get the car. Let's head out towards the 7-Eleven. Meanwhile, back at Pop's malt shop, Brad goes inside and approaches Allie's booth. Why, hello there, young lady. I was hoping to find you here. How pretty you look today. Are you ready to do some preliminary shots for the Fair Vanity magazine? If you'll just step outside, we can do this in a jiffy. Well, I don't know. I'm here with my, um, boyfriend. He's in the restroom right now. Don't you worry. It'll take just a couple of candid shots to help the editor plan the layout. We'll be done before he gets back. Well, I guess so. Allie follows Brad outside to the parking lot. Where do you want me to stand? Hey, this Jeep is cool looking. Why don't you open the door and look like you're about to get in? That's right. Put your foot up there. Perfect. Oh, oh, I got an idea. Why don't you climb in and be buckling your seatbelt? I'll just come around the other side and take the picture through the open driver's door. It's funny because this is my boyfriend's Jeep. Oh look, Jimmy left the keys in the ignition again. That's kind of sweet. I guess he was in such a hurry to come talk to me. Okay, I'll just get in here and... Don't do that! This is Jimmy's car! What are you doing? You can't just drive off! You're stealing Jimmy's car! I'm telling Jimmy just as soon as I uh, unbuckle this. 
<gasps> oh, no, you're not. Just sit tight, or you'll be sorry. The car parts are horrified as Brad begins to drive away with Abby. Hey, help! Ow! Ow! Hey, what are you doing? Help! Help! Jimmy, stop him! Jimmy, stop him! Jimmy, coming out of the restroom, doesn't see Allie at the booth. He heads outside, totally astonished. Allie, are you out here? Hey, where's my car? Hey, wait, come back here! Is that Allie in there? Oh no. Allie! Oh, Allie! Eustace, nothing to see at the 7-Eleven. Let's head over to Pops. It's right around the corner here. Well, hold on a second. Now, why is Jimmy standing out in the middle of the road? Something's wrong, Eustace. Something's bad wrong. Sheriff, oh, Sheriff. That photographer, he stole my Jeep, and worse than that, he's got Allie. Which way did they go, son? They sped off down Maine going south just a, a couple of minutes ago. Sheriff, Allie looks so scared. You, you gotta get her back. You got to. Listen closely, son. Do exactly like I tell you. Go to Allie's house and get her grandparents and tell them what has happened. Then go over to Pastor Jack's and get to praying. Get as many as you can find, as fast as you can. We're on our way, and we'll do all we can, Jack. Meanwhile, it would appear that photographer Brad may have picked the wrong getaway car. Jimmy's car parts under the hood are not cooperating like most cars. Guido Gasket and Mosey Motor Oil, well, I wouldn't want to cross those guys. All right, you mugs. This bozo ain't hurting Allie on my watch. There comes a time when a gasket has to blow. And we've reached that point. Tammy Tensioner is another one to put the squeeze on you. Time to bring on the tension, boys. Let's put this jerk in a tight spot. Gracie Gastig, I'll bet you've had your fill. By all means, team. Mosey Motorola, what you got? What I got? You asking me what I got? You want to know what I got? I'll tell you what I got. Friction. That's what I got, friction. When when Mosey Motor Oil stops, we stop. Everything stops. Capiche? Or in other words, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Mosey Motor Oil is the most important part of this operation. But, uh, wait, no, I am saying that. Yeah, I'm saying that. Without me, you ain't going no place whatsoever. Kramer, I'll stop the oil to your bearings and you seize this baby. And when this shagging wagon stops, we are gonna give this Brad dude the full Jimmy's Jeep treatment. Hey, try saying Jimmy's Jeep treatment five times real fast, but not right now. We got an emergency here. We got things to do. Hey, we do. Look, hey, when he opens the hood, I'll blast him with the hot oil, see? And then you blow your gasket and send the steam and hot water his way. And when he's good and hot, Gracie, crack your fuel line, spray him down with some gas. And Wally windshield wiper, you aim for his eyes with your washer fluid, see? And now Sally Serpentine, you and Tammy Tensioner, give him a good belt slap pushing him over towards Spalding's spot plug, and then Spalding, you, when he gets close enough, light him up. Light him up. And with all of that, hopefully Allie will have the good sense to run. Inside the Jeep, Allie is beyond scared. What are you planning to do? I know some folks who will pay pretty well for pretty young girls like you. What do they do with you? Hmm. I'm guessing you can figure that one out. I'm just in this for the money, and you fools have made this one all too easy. About ten more miles and you'll get to meet your new boss, sweetie. <laughs> Jimmy phoned Pastor Jack and asked him to come to Allie's grandparents' house to help soften the blow. Pastor Jack and Jimmy reached the house about the same time. Pastor Jack, how can I tell them? What do I say? What's going to happen? Jimmy, let me tell them. I know it's hard to trust God at times like this, but Jimmy, God is at work here. We have to trust that. God won't leave Allie. Our job is to intercede at this point. Both Allie's grandparents come to the door, Bob and Bob. Pastor Jack, uh, Jimmy, what can we help you with? Bob, Bonnie, we have some terrifying news. I'm afraid that Allie has been kidnapped. 
We don't know why the kidnapper posed as a magazine photographer and he stole Jimmy's Jeep and headed south. The sheriff and Eustace are about 10 minutes behind them. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Not our alley. Uh, Pastor, can we pray right now? Father, we come to you right now, our hearts broken and scared. Back on the road, Mosey Motor Oil gives the signal. All right, team, hey, team, hey, all right, I'm stopping the oil now. Uh, go for it, Kramer Craig Shaft. Go for it. Freezing the engine now. The Jeep skids off the road and into the woods, coming to rest down in the ditch. Now what? Listen, sweetie, I'm going to have to go take a look under the hood of this jalopy. Don't even think about running. Have you ever seen what a 9mm slug does? That's what this is for. Now, Guido Gasket, now, now! You got me steampunk. Oh, what? Squirt, first squirt. I know a pain when I see one. <laughs> I can't see! I can't see! I say, you're just about hosed, young fella. Your turn, penitentioner. Bring in the tension, Sally Serpentine. Let him have it. No! Say, young man, you need a light? <laughs> Suck it to him, Spongebob. Looks like you got your wires crossed, Bozo. You just don't seem well grounded. Now let me illuminate the problem for you. Get it off! Get it off! You gotta run for it, Allie! Uh, Allie, go. run! Don't get away! Get, get away! Go, go, go! Get away, get it. Honey. Go get it, Allie! Run, Allie! Run, Allie, run! Speedy split, Allie. Allie, having seen Brad on fire, takes the car parts advice and takes off running. Brad stops, drops, and rolls in the ditch, where fortunately for him, it has enough water to get him submerged and stop the fire from consuming him. Allie, talking to herself. I remember this spot. Jimmy took me on this jeep trail and we hiked over to the old mine where he and Nahum saved the hikers. I know where I'll hide. I don't know what's possessing this jeep, but maybe a couple of slugs will put your lights out. Ollie, Ollie, I can free. You don't really think you can hide from me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sheriff and Deputy Eustace aren't far behind. Eustace, keep your eyes peeled for anything. Anything. I don't care what. This may look like a dark stretch here, but my gut tells me something is here. Let me slow down a bit, and let's look through the woods with a searchlight. See anything, Eustace? Well, th th that is weird, Sheriff. I could have sworn I, I just saw a rainbow. Shine the light right back over there. What the? Who's got the spotlight? Oh, the cops. Well, I have a slug for them as well. That's a rainbow, all right, Eustace. There is something over there. Looks like a vehicle crashed through the woods right over there. Let's go have a look. Now, Eustace, this is a dangerous situation. The suspect is liable to be armed and is probably holding Ali as a hostage. So don't go running toward that vehicle. Slow and easy. Follow my lead and don't use any light. Back in town, Pastor Jack, Jimmy, Jimmy's parents and grandma, and Ali's grandparents, along with Miss Annie, are all on the altar praying. Folks, I don't know what it is, but I think the Spirit is leading us to pray for the Sheriff and Eustace right now. I'm sensing horrible danger. Oh, Lord Jesus, please protect the Sheriff and Eustace. Yes, Lord. Oh, Father, keep them from danger. Give them wisdom. Oh, Lord, help them. And please tell Eustace to keep his head down. Just then, Eustace steps out of the car. <laughs> this will be an easy shot. How bad is it, Eustace? Oh, I, that was a close one. He, he, I guess he just shot my hat off, Sheriff. I'm okay. A little shooken up. And that was a good hat, too. Eustace, can you crawl under the car back to my side? I'll, I'll call the state police for backup. Beaver County Sheriff calling state police requesting immediate backup. Shots fired. 
1020, it's Highway 11, about six miles south of town, up near the old mine. All right, Brad, or whatever your name is, two state police cars will be here momentarily. We are both armed, and with those four, it will be six against one. Send the girl out before someone gets hurt. <laughs> She's run off, so I can't help you there. However, I'll trade you this gun for an ambulance ride. That jeep over there has killed me, and these burns are more than I can stand. All right, I'm going to shine this light on you. Get your hands up. Now face down on the ground. Keep your hands above your head. Eustace, cuff him. All right, Mr. Fancy Pants Photographer. You didn't really think you could put one over on us, did you? Allie? Allie, are you out there? It's safe now. This is the sheriff and Eustace. Can you see the lights? Come out, Allie. Oh, Sheriff Eustace, I'm so glad to see you. Thank God you're all right. Oh, it was so amazing. The Jeep just sort of exploded all over Brad. And and I was able to run, and I was so scared, and I just kept praying and running. But how did you find the car? It's so dark out. Crazy thing. There was a rainbow in the woods. We saw a rainbow. A rainbow? Really? I think I saw a crystal like my great-grandfather singing from Jimmy's mirror. You don't suppose... Right here, look! And it has the inscription on it, just like the ones my grandparents have. To love another person is to see the face of God. Whoa! There's more to this faith stuff than I had any idea. And now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, it looks like all this pride backfired. On a number of folks through all this. <laughs> yep, Danny. Most of all, it backfired on the evil one himself. Satan tried to use Allie's pride to separate her from Jimmy and God, and in the end, she's closer than ever to both. <laughs> really, all of Beaver County can't help but see God's the hero of this story. Oh, and wait till word gets back to Eustace that Bonnie prayed for him to keep his head down. <laughs> Randy, that prayer seemed like a long shot at the time. Now it'll be a great report. Right, Randy? <laughs> a great report is right, Daddy. Uh, what Satan meant for evil, God used for good. Amen. <laughs> oh, and we'll have to, well, we'll have to buy Eustace a new hat. <laughs> Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. 